Welcome to Turn a Page, the official comic book club for Nerd Initiative. Each week, the NI Bullpen will be covering the world of comics, talking to creators, deep diving into some fantastic stories, and much more. Now let's hand it over to the team and turn a page. And what is going on, everyone? It is Tuesday night, 8 p.m., and you are watching Nerd Initiative Streaming Network for another edition of Nerd Initiative Comics Presents Turn a Page, the official comic book club of Nerd Initiative. What is going on? My name is Ken M. You know me as the host of the ODPH podcast, but I'm also Nerd Initiative's comics editor-in-chief. Returning to my left, you're right at home. Coming at you live and direct, straight from a folding chair in the ODPH studios. Tis I, off the cuff, Tom, your pop culture connoisseur, making the triumphant return. As always, it is a pleasure. And to my right, your left on screen, one half of the dynamic duo of drafts and dialogue that gives you that pop culture uh, knowledge that you need each and every week. It's the one only Matt from Hops Geeks News. Matt, what is going on? Not Steve Jobs from hell, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, who's that guy below us? Oh, what's going on? And returning to the show... Fourth time. Fourth time. On Nerd Initiative. On Nerd Initiative. I I, I, I used all four of my five fingers. I was going to say, how many times has he been on the ODPH, too? The the 90th Um, time, and I have a fancy ODPH coffee mug. That keeps me hydrated, and it also keeps its promises, much like the delivery. Get the merch. Look at that product placement. <laughs> Reasons. Oh. Our fourth co-host of the show, I mean, or we should just be honest, let's say, <laughs> he is our very yes. special guest returning yeah. triumphantly with a brand new Kickstarter project that is smashing its predecessor's goal Look, it's in the first day alone. It's always in hell number two. He's one half of a dynamic duo that that brings you the craziest stories involving the world's funniest named magician and the most <laughs> devastating rabbit is the one, the only writer of Pocus Hocus and Horace in Hell himself, Alan Dunford. Alan, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys I'm, I'm so happy to be here i i always love well, talking to y'all and um i i scream this from the mountaintops whenever i can you guys uh are some of the best people on camera and even better off camera i you know, love well, this community so i, I gotta say it's so fun alan when like when we're doing any of our episodes and all of a sudden we just see you drop into the chat so either you really have a very boring tuesday night or you really like us that much um i'm gonna pretend like i really like you guys that much okay (laughs) (laughs) no obviously always love to come in and uh just try to try to show my support because you guys do that with every layer of comics from indie all the way to to the top so i appreciate you guys Oh, man. Well, it, it, the pleasure is all ours. But you, like I say, the quality of your work and, and how much you and your team at Rabbit and Hat Studios has been putting on over the past couple of years and seeing this just organic growth into what has now become a staple of independent comics. I mean, let's talk about it first and foremost. We have the triumphant return of the demonic devastator himself, <laughs> Horace in Hell. Yeah. And the Kickstarter kicked off today, like I touched upon. The link is in the QR code at the top left of the screen as you're watching at home. So make sure you click on that. Make sure you sign up 
And let's get into it. I mean, going into the second project, what has been the emotions today? What has been going on? Uh, super surprised um, because Horus 1 ended day one. I, we were talking about it off screen. Uh, Horus, I'm pulling it up now. We had 107 backers and then it ended at $3,500 on day one, which, wow. which is kind of crazy because I didn't... I didn't expect this one to, I thought it like would hopefully, you know, you would stay pace with it, but it's, uh, it's kind of smashing it right now. We're up to 123 backers and uh, $4,300, $4,200, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Horus number one was our biggest campaign by far. And I always have to say this because it, it just needs to be said. I hate all of you. And I'm so upset <laughs> because Horace was that character that we spent the least amount of time on. And he was just like our little fun throwaway. Like, we, oh, it's so cute to have a sidekick. And then he's just spun into his own thing. I mean, obviously, we couldn't be happier, but come on. Dude, it's a, <laughs> that's it's how a, it always happens, right? It's a demonic East, like not an Easter bunny, but it's like a demonic yeah. rabbit that's also like cute and badass. So, like, mm-hmm. you had to have a feeling like, you knew people were going to latch onto the cuteness right away. And then anytime there's like a cute animal that has some sort of like spunk to it, come on. The people love it. The people love it. Yeah. Obviously a huge shout out to Kit Wallace, the series artist, um, you know, without him bringing his, his coloring and just his fun and energy into these pages. Uh, I mean, just always just thank you Kit for, for taking this project. Now, speaking of which, uh, I'm going to go here and say, before you tell us all about the stuff about issue two, I'm going to twofold this, okay? Do so in Pocus, Ho- in Pocus Hocus, we have a wonderful little Webiflin is always <laughs> nice and neatly drawn and anatomically mm-hmm. correct. Where did you guys get the idea to go completely psycho and just make him look like this thing? And what are we going to expect from him in number two? Uh, so I, I'm the- not, uh, by the way, Warner Brothers, I am not trying to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop your Thank you very much. There's a cease and desist in our inbox. Yeah, God, oh, this, this stream already got shut down. Uh, so, you know, Brian Belondo, who is our series artist for Pocus Hocus and Grandma Chainsaw, obviously vastly different style than oh, yeah. Horace. Mm-hmm. Um, but Horace was one of those things where I don't think Horace would have existed as much as he would have if it wouldn't have been for Kit. Because Kit was with us since day one uh, when we knew absolutely nobody in the indie comic scene. We didn't even know how to get a variant cover from people who wasn't just in our immediate friend group. Uh, and then my letterer, Dave, he was kind enough to, to try to throw me a bone and he reached out to Kit because they'd done a lot of work together and he thought Kit would be good for it. So Kit's first cover for Pocus One, you know, he actually drew Horace on, on top of uh, Pocus's hat. And then it seemed like Kit just kind of incorporated him in every cover after that. And it just felt like a natural progression. Be like, hey, let's let's have let's have Kit draw a eight page short story because people were asking for you know a horus origin story we, we, we want to see more horus so we just had kit do that and then the ash can took off and we're like oh god i guess we have to write a full story so <laughs> so we went ahead and asked Kit, like hey do you have even the time to do this because he's so busy and you know he said yeah mate let's do it and uh you know we went ahead and knocked it out and we when we were writing horse one we we wrote two different scenarios first scenario was what if no one backs this thing how do we tell the story okay let's try to set it up to where we can tell it in two issues perfect but if it does well 
let's go ahead and just deliver a full story. Let's have it with, uh, you know, four a four issue mini. Even for this arc, we can maybe expand on it later. Awesome. And, you know, like I said, the Kickstarter happened to take off. So we were fortunate enough that we'll be able to tell this thing in four issues. Yeah. So spo spoilers for two. Any spoilers? Uh, we, we find out why Horace is in hell and Ooh. what he has to do to get out. Um, and it's just pure insanity after that, because we, we kind of get to cut loose with this one not not saying we don't get to with grandma or pocus but with grandma and pocus we're dealing with a lot more characters um you know we're, we're trying to also tell this huge overarching story and build this world um but with horace we're following really one main character and then of course his brother um uh, and we just really just get to just be stupid and see what we could get away with and what people like and what they don't like I love especially that Horace's brother is Russian and he is not. Oh, he's a Russian all. hair. Yeah, we yes. thought we were hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I thought it was that's hilarious. Like, it was clever to me. Like yeah. Yeah, that's some like, deep cuts. Yeah, this is the best joke I'll ever make. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I peaked there. So then that's it. So if you it was guys all like Horace, from that moment. Yeah, if you guys like Horace one, just stick there, pretend like the second one doesn't exist. Oh wow, it's a shame that we never got that sequel, man. It's I know, like Master it's terrible, and Commander all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously you guys are no strangers to kickstarters now i mean look at that you already talked about how you made over four thousand dollars just from one alone and you've been crushing it with especially the horror scene and things like that what goes into building your guys's kickstarters as far as like incentives and things that you can give back to the people yeah um so you know i'll say this time and time again without our backers we're, we're nothing and uh, that has always been a central focus, especially with the indie groups that I've surrounded myself with, you know, Bad Buck, for example, uh, huge into giving back to the community and what we can do. Uh, so we always try to set it up to where if you're a first timer or a veteran coming in and backing us, we, we want to make everything accessible. The, the biggest thing for us is always making sure we have a, a pseudo a la carte system where you're not you're not strong armed into buying a huge tier just for one item that you want. I mean, yeah, of course we'll have bundles and everything like that, but we, we try to have everything set up to where you can just, you know, Hey, I like this cover and I just want this other cover. Cool. There's a two pack. You can get that. Or I like this cover and I want to add on a t-shirt and I don't want the main cover. Cool. Just go and add the t-shirt on. So we never try to price gouge or anything like that, which we, we do try to price ourselves competitively and, just always always look out for everybody because at the end of the day this is my hobby and you're spending your hard-earned money on my hobby and i cannot thank you enough for that yeah that makes perfect sense and like i said you guys absolutely man like crush it uh, the books alone are enough to get it but you know as far as merch and things like that goes you guys get really creative with it and your characters kind of speak for themselves well thank you yeah we always try to write characters that are if you if you don't like them at least you remembered them. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, oh, yeah. that, that's the big part, right? Uh, you know, especially with grandma chainsaw, we, we went out of our way deliberately, deliberately to write this, you know, just absolutely despicable characters. So, um, speaking of grandma chainsaw, no spoilers. However, we did see issue three and there's the absolute most metal scene I have witnessed in a comic book <laughs> take place in that. And so like, for that reason alone, I'm going to need you guys to to go ahead and just keep making these forever. Like, I need Grandma Chainsaw <laughs> for the rest of eternity just because oh, of the insane stuff yeah. you guys are doing. I I wish. It gives you the soft and squishy feelings. It does. Yeah. I, I still have it pitched out for Horus versus Dead Squad. 
Like yes. we need to have that happen. So there's so many things that we've tossed around. Uh, okay. Obviously, time time is always the biggest killer, right? Um, so we're we've we've tossed around the ideas of doing a couple of the blended stories. So I, I don't want to say it's not going to happen, but expect it to happen in some form. Oh, okay. That's that All that right. was enough for me because I mean I I know when we we talked last time we where I'm still putting that karma out into the world <laughs> because obviously with the pocus verse if if we want to call it that describing the first three books pocus hocus grandma chainsaw and horse and hell. Mm -hmm. Like there's all that similar kind of vibe to it. And it's one thing to win over the audience now. Like we always hear in comics too these days is, you know, everything is just, it almost has like a gloom and doom feel. But yet if you go onto the independent scene, like what, what you're doing, there's so much like good things to be surrounded. Like I say, the Kickstarter campaign uh, instant hit day one, the excitement about the book is speaking volumes. And then just the characters alone too. I mean, to tie it back, who would have thought this would all began with the worst magician on the planet Earth and then Hocus Pocus? <laughs> like seeing where you are from that point to now, I mean, how do you describe that journey? Um, it's pretty crazy. You know, you guys are pulling the graphic up now. Uh, side note, to answer Lava Drake's question, the anime's dropping uh, tonight, and that's it. <laughs> I oh. wish. God, I wish. No, um, I, as soon as anyone approaches us, we'll definitely do an animated horse. I would immediately be like yeah. yes let's go i would um, like to offer my 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 services to be able to yeah. do the voice no oh, like i feel like you know prime uh cartoon network would have been perfect for an animated horror oh show. my god like, you're talking imagine? courage the cowardly dog and things like that man it would have been prime no yeah, i think anything. i think you put horse right after metapocalypse oh, oh yeah. yeah but but yeah, no, it's it can answer your question, man. It's crazy because just to think about like, because we started this journey in, in 2020 and Brian didn't start the first page of Pocus until 2021. So, you know, we're, we're on a three year span and uh, we're already up to issue six of Pocus. Yeah. Which is kind of nuts to, to think about. And it's since just, we're talking surreal. Yeah, I was going to say, since we're talking about issue six a little bit, what can you kind of talk about that to our listening audience here? Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Pocus Hocus is a story about a magician who sells a soul to a demon to have actual magical powers to try to circumvent the whole process, right? Uh, instead of having to learn it because his father was the world's greatest magician. Um, well, this journey that we're on with Pocus is his whole journey to get his soul back. And up to this point, you know, he's finally made it to hell, but then he found out who actually has a soul, and we are in hell's version of hell. Uh, and Pocus 6 picks right up where Pocus 5 leaves off to try to figure out um, really how to get it back. And it's going to be by some means that he didn't expect. Now, with issue 6 coming out, and you've already got the first five going, thinking from mm -hmm. where we've started to where we're at, what's the biggest takeaway you've had as a writer or as your whole team has um, in creating this you know, whole storyline? Uh, it's kind of crazy to to keep the same team you know, through, throughout all this, mm -hmm. you know, we, we've all tried to uh, feed off of each other. And I think that the big thing is, is we all try to push each other. Um, you know, I want to push the limits on what Brian can do, which makes me want to be a better writer. Um, you know, and it, it makes the whole process set up to where we're, you know, me, Will, Brian, Dave, and, and now we, we've welcomed uh, Carrie, as our colorist, um, you know, since we, we lost Jason. Um, 
and she she's just fit right in with everybody and all of us just trying to really push the envelope for what we could do because at the end of the day whenever you get one of our independent books i want you to look at it and be like i this is quality mm-hmm. you know these these guys know what they're doing this feels professional grade um, I'm happy that I spent my hard-earned money on this idiot's product. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have problems with self-deprecation? Um, oh yeah, dude, self-deprecating humor—it's that's the way to do. That's it. my <laughs> wheelhouse. First of yeah. all, like that—that that speaks. That's my love language. Yeah, that's on my family crest. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but it's 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 something to deal with humor as well too, because there's always that's with horror, I should say rather it kind of goes almost hand in hand with humor. Like, what do you think is that whole dichotomy there? I have a really dark sense of humor anyway. <laughs> okay. So I, I just, I don't know. I just think injecting just quick whips and stuff. It, it makes the book for a lighter read. Um, there, there's so much, I mean, granted, we'll, we'll probably get into it here in a little bit, but th- there's so much just bummer. Like turning on the news is a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> in every yeah. facet I, I just want to inject some sort of just humor or something that just distracts a little bit just any sort of entertainment um into anything and and i think uh you know just trying to approach anything even when we're trying to tackle serious matters with a light-hearted nature i, I think it might be it, it's it feels right for me no you're definitely right man i mean you just scroll twitter for five seconds right it's everybody hating on mm-hmm. what's in theaters what's on tv and then you try to get a break from that you go to like facebook and it's you know that friend from high school who's on their 17th marriage going through some problems yeah. and then you want to turn on the tv and it's some form of like awful news so you, you're 100 yeah. percent right it's that's what comic books are for right they're they're mm-hmm. meant to be that departure from reality and uh, also give us like good humor and make things fun again they're, that's our escape yeah and again, you know, and that's what we try to do with all of our books, you know, even <laughs> that's funny, <laughs> even uh, even with like, um, humor. <laughs> you know, just just anything like even from the crazy ideas, like a grandma with a chainsaw, you know, granted, it's not the most original idea, but it, it's how we try to approach it and, and make it our own. You know, like we were talking about in, in the green room, like the ending of issue three, I, I wanted people to look at that and be like, what the hell? Yeah, it, it yeah. worked. It worked. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah, I what think did? all of us collectively was like, "What was that?" And we're <laughs> comic book professionals. Yes. Yeah. Yes, At least we play one on Tuesday nights. But yeah, there you yes. go. <laughs> no, you're but, right. And go ahead, Ken. Oh, good. No, I was I was going to say because obviously this book has got a lot of anticipation behind it. Mm-hmm. So we know obviously Horse Two is in its Kickstarter phase now. When should we be talking about the next POCUS Kickstarter phase? Um, so, yeah, what we're going to be doing is uh, now this is going to sound worse than what it is. Like, we're just we just want to get it over with. Um, so after Horus launches, um, we're going to be doing a smaller campaign uh, for the Herald. And then by that point, we'll feel comfortable and far enough along in uh, Grandma Chainsaw number four to go ahead and finish that because we're we're just excited to go ahead and get it over with. And I mean that in the best possible sense. <laughs> so you said you sense that there's an end to Pocus coming. No, not Pocus. So we're, we're getting, uh, we're getting grandma out of the way because we're ready to go ahead and launch the, the finale. Uh, it's going to have a trade paperback and a hardcover edition. Uh-huh. And then after grandma four, we're going back to Pocus six. And then uh, after that, we'll be doing Pocus seven and eight as well. 
man, we're just such in a rush to just get grandma up to the home. Nobody yeah. knows grandma. We're just such a rush. Shady Everyone's pies. always getting grandma. Yeah. Shady Listen, pies. we just we just have to tell the grandma story. We have to go ahead and do it. It's just we're chomping at the bit to, you know. I'm chomping at the bit to read it. So by no yeah. means am I complaining whatsoever. Like, I will take it right now. Yeah. I'm just saying, but Hazel is such a nice, sweet old lady. Oh, yeah. She she'd is. never do anything wrong to anybody. No. I mean, she's so inviting. Uh, and we got a dead squad member in the chat too. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Nice. And I know you talked about a couple of different projects, but Matt and I were talking about one off air there. And I know yeah. he kind of wants to ask you about this. So yeah. beneath the lighthouse follows, you know, the horror vibe, but it's vastly different. What is it that we can talk about this? Because, you know, this is definitely almost kind of a departure a little bit from what we've come to expect to this point. Yeah. This was uh, a story that I just, had it in my head and i just wanted to tell it uh this is our version of i guess kind of like you know an a24 film as Ooh. much as you know Ooh. granted alan dunford doing some a24 dude <laughs> well do those are those are better than anything i'll ever write but it's 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 <laughs> my sophomore take on it right um but yeah so it, it follows the story of a man that's lost to sea and he wakes up uh after a ship crash on just an island that just has a lighthouse and it's 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 a one shot and it's just all confined within this one place so i i wanted to really try to see what we could do uh from an atmospheric horror standpoint and also just from jump scares too like how can we deliver jump scares in a comic book so that's something that we wanted to to try to figure out and see what we could do and you know really just kind of uh just test it right yeah, I feel like jump scares in a comic like is something that a lot of people are almost afraid to do because I think it's impossible to do, which I don't think is the case. And especially kind of going off of some of your other writings, I think they're the the chops are all there. So I'm I'm very I'm wicked excited to see how it's done, especially yeah. on page. Yeah, we're we're super excited for this one. Um, I think we're expecting to finish this one up after po like the the script for this one's already done. So we're expecting this one to probably wrap after Pocus Six, because we don't want to delay on Pocus anymore because we're so excited to get back into that world. We feel like it's been too long <laughs> since yeah. uh, since Pocus Five. You know, we we absolutely loved Pocus Five. Then we did Grandma Three, and then we were just like, man let's just finish grandma. Like, this is it. Like, because we know Pocus has a linear story coming up. Uh, so we're like, with this one, let's just, that we know what we're doing. Let's get it. Let's get it knocked out. Makes sense. Yep. And then especially too, you, you retain most of the team from Pocus on this mm -hmm. for the project. Yep. Like, Ooh. so how, how is the difference going in from the Pocus game planning for this project? Uh, the, the script for this one is uh, a lot more breathe room. Um, I sent you guys uh, the first eight pages of it. I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to to look at it or anything. No, look great. Uh, I did definitely. Yep. There's no way yeah. I was missing that. Yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, like I said, the script the script has a lot of breathe room, and we wanted it to be really atmospheric. So this was kind of uh, just a way for Brian just to show off, and and be like, you know, this is his his art on it because we're just keeping it all black and white. So we wanted Brian just to have fun. And just, you know, I guess get out any demons he had. <laughs> yeah, and it just is, shows what he could do. It yeah. is beautiful. You know, not a lot of it's it's like the clerk's effect. Like, why did they shoot this in black and white? You know, because he wanted to. But to see horror done in this aspect really takes it back to that really good old school vibe. But it still has your guy's mark on it. Well, thank you. 
because that's the thing we never want to lose our touch uh or our our thumbprint no matter what we're um no matter what kind of story we're telling because this one's a little bit more serious than uh all the other ones so because it's you know it's also just revolving around one character in it and then his potential descent into madness just being alone on this island so yeah, it's uh, this was this one was a challenge for me too, and, and I like that because I, I want to be the best writer that you guys, uh, you know, pick up from one of my books. So, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I just love trying to challenge myself and push myself forward. And you have one more book to talk about, right? Yeah. Uh, so we got also going up on here. I'm in the wrong thing. Well, no, I, it's I, the I Herald. Have, I, I got, yes. I got yeah, the Herald. So yeah, the, the Herald is, is a big, big departure from your previous works. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about it for a bit. I mean, you you got a whole. I mean, the first few pages make you go, huh? And then you you're looking at thing, go, okay, time travel and and, and time slips. <laughs> and then next thing you know, it's whiskey and guns and and then mm-hmm. scene. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was actually a pro- it's this is what's so cool about indie comics, right? In this community that we get to build with each other um a cover artist that we've used on several books his name's ruben mosho he approached me and he had this idea for a book called the the herald and he gave me the the overall plot for it and what he wanted to do so then i i took it and then i tried to uh in, inject some some allen into it gross I'm never saying that word again um and then uh you know i tried to i tried to put in some of my my ill-informed opinions and then uh, we just bounced some ideas off of each other and then we ended up coming up with this story uh that we think is going to be pretty good um it, it follows you know like i said a stranger that comes into a town and he's he's on a quest to retrieve an item that we get to kind of see him try to chase throughout time. So we have this being that's that's ultimately timeless, which is kind of cool to see that. Yeah, I mean that's something too. Like when I first saw it, I was like, I'm not sure what to expect here, mm-hmm. and that was something that really threw me off too. Because I mean, obviously, it doesn't look like anything that you've done thus before with the Herald and you know. Or I'm sorry, with uh, Pocus and Grandma Chainsaw, like it was more of a serious tone, mm-hmm. which yeah. So, yeah. What, well, what's that. good is yeah. What's good about this is though, uh, the, the beginning of it is uh, relatively serious-ish, um, but when we get to issue two, we, we get to really start having fun by introducing some crazy characters that I love to try to always do. Uh, I, I love I love making uh, you know the, the secondary characters because I feel mm-hmm. like that's the stuff that a lot of people remember. Um, but yeah, so what we're doing with this one is, like I said, we're going to be launching a smaller campaign with this one, uh, following Horace, but on Horace's campaign, you can actually get that cover and it's only going to be available on this campaign. Uh, it's going to be foil embossed and it's going to be numbered and it's just kind of a way to, I guess, pre-order it because, you know, chapter one's already done the the book's finished. So after the campaign launches, we'll be able just to, to ship it, which is great. Ooh. That's going to be something to see. Yep. Now, Especially like foil covers, man. Yeah. I feel like foil covers are a big thing right now that a lot of people mm-hmm. are kind of buying into. Do you find that's kind of like the, the I don't want to say craze, but is that something you guys are seeing a lot more popularity of? Um, well, side note, yes, I am a crazy cat lady. I have three tabby cats and I cannot tell them apart. 
Uh, I'm okay with this. Oh, no. <laughs> I, am, I am the ultimate cat dad. Don't yeah, worry. Right. I brought I brought a cat just for the occasion on the sweatshirt. Even see? perfect. Um, yeah. So what we're trying to do to like because obviously we have Horus covers that are foil, and we have the exclusive Carrie Salveo uh, foil cover and metal cover on the Horus one. But with this one, we want to try to change it up a little bit. It's just a standard cover, but the logo for it is going to be the foil emboss. So Ooh. we wanted it to really just stand out that way. Um, and like I said, this was just kind of a way for us just to test the waters and give people a sneak peek at, at what we're doing. You know, I was able to send you guys uh, the first issue of Harold, and uh, I, I love Ruben's art on it. And I love his choice of just flat colors because he really wanted it to feel like it yes. was made and drawn within that time period. And because it was it was so funny because i've gotten covers from ruben before and dude the coloring is so deep and then the 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 drawing is just totally different and then he shows me this and his concepts and it looked like a totally different artist did this but he really wanted it to feel like it was from drawn from that time period to really put you into that mood while you're reading it speaking of periods and i'm not trying to give give too much away mm -hmm. um the lettering, like I, that's that little tiny detail right there. Are you talking the, about the Greek lettering? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The Greek lettering that Dave did. Um. So actually, the first eight pages of the Herald is available as a uh, as a preview on the Horus campaign. If you just click the image, we pulled up there. So we we always like to try to do a try before you buy because the worst feeling ever is for someone to spend their hard earned money on your stuff and be like, "This sucks." <laughs> it's like I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish I could have helped you beforehand. Um. So yeah, we have the first eight pages up on there, so you can check it out. And if you like it, awesome. You can add it on as a PDF or add it on as a physical copy. Uh, but yeah, what we did with that, because uh, we were trying to really show, I guess, just, just hammer in even a little bit more finite details. But yeah, Dave changed it up to have the Greek lettering when we go back yeah. to that period. And it's even, it's only for like three or four pages, but he knocked it out. The detail well, has been noticed. I was about to say, yeah, it's, it's those tiny details, right? That people really notice. And then that just showcases the amount of love and attention mm -hmm. that you guys are giving to these stories because something so minor is like a little bit of different lettering right people do notice that yeah. they really it, do. it changed the whole feel of the page when he did that and 100%. we were like perfect yeah done yeah that, that's it and that's something that we even went back to later like the whole whole chapter one was done and we we're like something's just missing here and then he's like hey, i think i got it and then he just changed it we're like oh shit okay <laughs> and then it's just perfect you know after that yeah, no, I mean, it's something that lettering is, it's almost like a forgotten detail of a comic, but it, it truly can make or break a book. They're unsung and, heroes. Yeah, yeah, like in all honesty, like it's one of the four elements of, of great comics. So yeah. to have that in this place too, and like I say, each book that we've talked about has a different vibe to it, different feel. Is that something that obviously you as a writer, you keep, you touch upon, you keep challenging yourself. Is that something that now you're talking about like how many years later since you first started? Do you still have that challenge like every time out I want to do something different or is it just kind of like I want to finish my story where it goes? Um, yeah, I, it, I think whenever you're, you're doing this stuff as a writer, uh, sticking to your I don't want to say sticking to your original plan is the way to go, but mm. sticking to the story that you want to tell um, and then just dropping in other stuff that you've learned along the way. You know, like the the ending for Pocus is vastly different for what we have coming up in this next arc than what we originally had the, the whole thing to be. And I'm so happy of where it's going versus where we had it before. And I, I, again, that's challenging yourself, right? Like what's, 
what's going to shock the audience? What's going to make them happy? What's going to make them sad? What's going to make them angry at you? What's going to make them never back a book again? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I, I always try to be mindful of the artists that I'm working with. So I try to uh, write for their strengths. So that's kind of like Beneath the Lighthouse. Uh, I, I know that Brian, uh, he loves doing black and white. So I thought that this story would be best told in black and white and just let him go as deep as he wanted to with with these drawings right um and you know whenever we're working with kit for horace it's the it's the opposite you know we we let kit just go absolutely crazy because how can i write scenes that have explosions of color on right mm -hmm. and and just make a wow moment that way where brian has a different version of a wow moment kit has another version of a wow moment so that's just yeah I, I think it's just being mindful about the people that you work with because um you know they're proud of the work that they have with us which is awesome and i'm proud to say that i get to work alongside them and and try to i want them to make me the best writer i can be and also want to push them so i want them to look at this book and be like wow this is one of the best things i've ever done right no it makes perfect sense yeah, I was about to say, Ken took the words out of my mouth. I was literally about to say, no, that makes perfect sense. And I think that also, like, helps you improve your versatility a little bit more, mm -hmm. too, right? Because you're not always writing for color, for example. Like, I feel like, right. do you find writing for black and white style a little bit more challenging than color or the other way around? Uh, I, I'm Believe it or not, I'm actually an optimistic person. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think having color lets you express that a little bit more visually, uh, you know, with black, with black and white, my immediate thought, and I know obviously not everybody's this way, but my immediate thought is like brooding, right? It's hardcore. It's metal. It's doom metal, right? Like, like when you're looking at it, it's cause I I've worked so much with Brian. Uh, it's kind of like we, uh, we finish each other's sandwiches at this point. Right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, like I, I know where I need to be for him and he knows where he needs to be for me. So whenever I was you know, first pitching this and thinking about it, it's like, well, I think now's the time for me to dial back the stupid and, and just like go for just a, a, a story that is just moody and atmospheric. And it might even be a good, you know, just a little bit of like a cleanser right in between everything that we're doing just to see, see that side of everything. Yeah, I think, go ahead. Tom. I was just going to think it's really important to kind of, cause as humorous as we can all be, there's definitely a time and a place for humor, right? And if right. somebody goes in expecting like, oh, this guy's just gonna do humor again, it also brings that shock factor to it. And I think that's also another thing that's gonna be like, oh, wow, uh, Alan's doing something a more serious take. I have to get my hands on this, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Now, now, if this is the needle, okay? <laughs> I, I, I read you more on the horror side. That's just mm -hmm. me, okay? Right. Horace is, is still, it, it teeters back and mm -hmm. forth and we know where Harold, well, we have an idea where Harold Harold might be. Yeah. Um, but again, seeing those first few pages, I, I'm still leaning a little this yeah. way because something has to happen for those first few pa you know, panels to give you that visceral effect. Mm -hmm. When can we see you like really go this way and like do something almost mainstream? God forbid. Oh my Lord. Um, I'm going to so ask. It's off the cuff. I mean, like, here's the thing, like, Anything? I would love, yeah, I would love to do something like that. I, I, I just think that how my brain is wired, which is probably a scary thing to think about. Um, I, you know, I grew up watching The Nightmare Before Christmas, right? That was oh, yeah. like the movie. And I, I hate to say that because it feels like, uh, you know, saying you like The Nightmare Before Christmas, it's kind of like, oh, God, right? <laughs> At this hey, that, point, that's right? like my co-host Lauren's like favorite movie ever. Yeah. So. 
absolutely love it. Lo- a huge fan of Tim Burton. Uh, you know, and, and I grew up loving horror just because not so much of like, yeah, the killing's awesome. Um, it, it goes a little bit deeper just because of like how imaginative okay. uh, it is like with creativity, right? Like, you know, the idea that you, you have someone that kills you in your dreams. Whoa, wild, crazy. And then, you know, growing up again watching nightmare before christmas since i can remember you know there's a there's a lot of weird spooky horror elements to it i mean yeah it's a you know black and better term it's a kids movie at the end of the day Mm. because it's telling it's telling a fun story and all this stuff but i just love incorporating those elements just because uh not even so much just a scare factor but just like a weird factor too uh, I, and I just think it really gets to test your imagination and you can kind of see where you get to go with it a little bit. Well, then let's just leave the fucking needle over here. OK, yeah, we'll just leave it there. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Until something else happens, then we'll go for it. Well, you never know, because, I mean, inspiration can always strike. Mm-hmm. And then right. when you have that, I mean, you can always kind of shift gears and go. I mean, that's one thing about being very versatile, especially being on Kickstarter, too. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is the biggest piece of advice that either you can give or that you've gotten about doing books on Kickstarter? Uh, obviously, you know, be receptive, um, to, to failure. Uh, I, I think that, I mean, we, we all want to wake up after we, we go to bed and we've checked the campaign page 50, 11 times and you, you want to wake up and you see $300,000 got donated overnight and you're a success and you can quit your day job and actually have fun. <laughs> making comic <Yeah>. books forever <laughs> and and people will parade you down the street but um I, I think you need to be okay going in knowing that sometimes things aren't going to resonate right like you, you know trust your gut like when we launched grandma three we knew going into it like hey this might be one of our lower performing ones mm. something just something just told me not, not that like we were unhappy with the book or anything like that it's just time of launch uh, there, there's just so many different variables, right? But we have a good feeling about Grandma 4 because it's going to have the trade on it. And that's like, you know, a huge Kickstarter buzzword, like finale and trade. Okay, great. I don't have to worry about backing any more of their crap to get the story or if it's going to come out. I could go ahead and get the whole thing now, right? So that's going to bring in a whole nother audience, which is amazing. Um, but I, I do think that also communicating, even when it's hard to, it is the biggest thing. Like we've had delays. We, we've been late on delivering stuff. Like, even if it's just been a month, it still kills me. But, hey, things happen. <laughs> you know, mm. there, there, if there's an issue with the printer, if they send something and it's not right, I can't, I don't want to send it out. I have to send it back to the printer and then they have to reprint new copies to send to me. So it's just, you know, there's, there's just so many different things. But just being honest with your backers, like, hey, guys, sorry, we're running a little bit behind. But believe us, we did not steal your money. It's still, you know, you're still going to get yeah. your product. Yeah. Um, and, and just, and you know, not to sound like an oxymoron, but then try to deliver when you, you know, as soon as you can too. So yeah, it's just, it's just a balancing act that you have to do with everything, but ultimately communication at, at, at the end of the day, it's all communication. I mean, so, that's a very, Oh, go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, so based on communication, would you say that? And then having, have you found like, um, cause I know I kind of already asked this, but with your add-ons and things like that, have you found that those don't matter as much then? It's more about like the actual product that people want in your hands and those are just like cool additional things or is those like have to be kind of a more of a center focus too for people? Um, So add-ons are, um, 
I, I guess it's it's kind of uh, directly tied. Th- now, this is my ill-formed opinion. I think it's directly tied with what you're selling, right? Because, uh, you know, some campaigns when we have T-shirts on them, T-shirts don't really do well. Um, but this one, the t-shirts did great on horse one and they're doing pretty good right now. On I got one. Two. Yeah. But it's just because it's the, it's the item that we have with it. It's the character, right? Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And then we introduced the collector's box on this one and the collector box is doing great. <laughs> you know, it's the first time we tried something, but I, I think if you have a good and trusted product, then people are actually genuinely fans of it and they want to get the extra stuff that comes with it that they see is, is valuable to them. You know, we, we always try to make something that's at least practical, you know, t-shirt practical keychain practical. We're having a collector's box where you can store all your horse books. Great. You know, it's just, you know, we try to, we try to make everything a puzzle piece that works together. Nice. Yeah, I think that's the also another thing that you and your team do really well for the Kickstarter campaigns is you do have the audience fully focused in mind, like with every action you take, especially like if there's delays, you're always very honest and upfront about it. And I think with each campaign, too, you've really adapted to the market at hand. Mm-hmm. It's not like the same old, same old, like you're very, you know, conscious of yeah. how that is. I mean, especially to where you're seeing now more and more Kickstarter campaigns getting started, more creator-owned. It seems like a more of a shift in that for the market. And then, you know, keeping all that in check, is that something that you see the market growing further into is more creator-owned? Uh, I, th- I think so. Like, it, it just seems like kind of being independent is, is sometimes where it's at, right? Uh, because you definitely have the more... You, you have freedom of, of control with that. And, you know... Uh, Obviously, shout out to to Badbug for that because they they're doing a lot of great things and they are also trying to push me to to have not so much the best book that I can have, which is I always put that pressure on myself. It's how do you make a good campaign too, and how do you stay relevant and also adapting to the changes that are always happening in Kickstarter. So how do you how do you make your own, pro- you are, you know, you're kind of the CEO of your own business whenever you launch a Kickstarter, right? That, and that's stuff you really have to think it through on everything. Yeah. yeah there's no. definitely a lot of stuff that people don't realize. I think, I think most people think, okay, they just write the comic book, they draw it. And then it's all right, we're going to push a Kickstarter and hope people back it when they don't realize that it's a second job in itself. Just <laughs> it is. God, I wish I going. could, I wish I could time travel. Like I wish I could like hit launch, you know, I'm ready to launch, launch the campaign and then wake up 18 days later. And just <laughs> be sit like, there and I'm like, yeah, all right, my work and, is done. And be but like, no. what do we do? Right. <laughs> because, you know, running a Kickstarter. Yeah. It's, it's fun, I guess, <laughs> but it's just one of those, like, like, it's just, it, it's stressful, but it's a, it's a good fun stress, I guess. Well, I mean, that's the whole reason you get into this. You know, I mean, obviously, like you touched upon, this is a hobby, but it's a hobby that you're very passionate about. And it's one that you, you treat as a real job, too. I mean, because it is. Because if you're going to take yourself serious in right. this manner, then you definitely want to be, you know, come across to the audiences that manner, too. Yeah, 100%. And, it's, and especially with all the books you have coming out. I mean, is there any future plans that we haven't even discussed yet? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much crap. Always um, versus grandma. Oh man, I I would love to do that, but there's other stories that we want to tell. Um, you know, one of the ones that we're, we're talking about doing after grandma ends, because 
we we want to we we love the idea of Grandma Chainsaw so much uh, that we want to write something in that vein again. Um, so one of the things we talked about was Deacon Dan's famous chili. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a comic book that follows a church deacon named Dan who wins the church chili cook-off every year. But we find out that he's slowly turning the town into cannibals because he's serving people. So it's kind of like a Dexter meets Sweeney Todd type thing. I love that idea. Yeah. So much. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw this one out here. Now we know grandma's ending at four, but here we go. I'm just going to put it out there in the ether. Uh, a network of grandmas all over the world, and you can write cultural stories. Cultural grandmas. <laughs> cultural grandmas. That would be wild. Yeah, that'd be nuts. Or might be a little insensitive, but I'm yeah. just saying, you know. Write, write it down now. All right. Like, like, <laughs> like you can have like, like Strega Nona, or, which is an old uh, Italian story, but you could do a fun uh, twist on that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> just put it out there. I'm an ideas guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at spending other people's money. <laughs> now we do have another question. And uh, if I'm jumping ahead, Ken, let me know. But there was a recent fantastic forecasting. And, Perfect you know, thing casting. Perfect. I mean, I for sure. And then we have team ups such as the Thunderbolts. We have team ups such as the Suicide Squad. What would be your ideal casting if they were ever to do a live action dead squad? Oh my God. I have, right. I've never thought about that. Let's run this down. <laughs> I've, I've got the whole list right here. So we're just going to do them as they were introduced. Okay. Night you go move. for it because I'm more interested in that than my, like, cause I don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> okay. So for me, night moon, who's the first one introduced specifically with the whole lettering, mm-hmm. I would say young live Tyler. I could see okay. that. Yeah, actually. Yeah. That's really good. That's a good one. Okay. Doc X. Anybody? Nicholas Cage. Yeah, it's got to be Cage. <laughs> I would say if we want to go for a younger vibe, all right, hear me out. Um, who's the boyfriend from Pitch Perfect? Oh, I know Adam, who you're talking about. Adam, uh, no, 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 you're not. No, it's the other one, the actual boyfriend, right? Oh, oh. I forget. I don't know. I should but remember. He's, his he's name, got that sitcom on NBC now. He took he took my girl Anna Kendrick, so I, I chose to forget him. <laughs> yep. <She's old. laughs> now now two ton, you know, obviously I would say possibly like a Vern Troyer or Deep Roy, but even better, mm-hmm. I say make two ton so far out there and if you had the money, claymation. Just do a claymation Maybe right like, there. Yeah, just, a, just a claymation character running around. Yeah. Just to, yeah, just to be completely different. Blood look Sparrow. Like the, look like Clash of the Titans. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Absolutely. That would be good, yeah. The old school one. Blood Sparrow, anybody? Hmm. This See, is hard, too. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously the Dead Squad, you, you can go a lot of different routes. Okay. Yeah. And since they have, they have broken away here. I mean, this is why we need Horus versus Dead Squad. Because <laughs> you can imagine that live animation movie. Like we'll just do an animation form and like who would you cast as the voices? Do you, yeah, I was gonna say, do you have a an idea for who would be the voice of Horus if they're ever to give it its own anime? Yeah, uh, be... Honestly, I, I thought like maybe like Toe for Grace. Oh would, dude, would Toe be... for Grace is such a yeah. such a sweet, like oh yeah, man. I think He's... that that'd be good. I think he could do a really good job with Horus. That'd be awesome. I'd yep. be so behind that. We yep. need like he's somebody who's like disappeared, but who's been silently doing like a lot of good work on YouTube, mm-hmm. i.e. the whole stitching together the uh, Star Wars cuts. That's we need more of him back. We need the Topher Grace songs, if in my <laughs> opinion. Yeah, 
That would be dope. That would be fun. Oh, we got well, who did you who did you have for Fury Chan? Well, Blood Sparrow. I'm gonna say Chloe Bennett from Agents of Shield. Quake. Ooh, okay. Okay. Good okay. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Shadowax. I definitely Bruce Campbell. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, young Bruce Campbell oh, yeah. would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be yeah. perfect. Uh, and then Fury. I was. I couldn't. Uh, I was working. Uh, I I got anybody. Palm. I'm gonna go Palm. How do you pronounce her last name? She's Mantis. Oh, uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's give it a spin on that. I, I could see that. Okay, I could see that. I can work with that. Who'd you have? Tell me. Whisper it slowly. <laughs> I, I'm just saying what Matt has because he, he, yeah, he had a good idea. Okay. <laughs> see, I I like it always kind of varied for me. So I'm just curious, like what you see, because I mean, obviously you hear these characters voices in your head and then you're kind of picturing them play out and obviously getting with your team about creating them. Mm-hmm. It's like, did anybody stick out and go like, okay, this reminds me of this. Because we've talked to a lot of creators that, that like to, you know, borrow a little bit from pop culture and, and kind of bring them into play here. Dude, listen. I, I my weekends were, were spent in middle school and high school playing Friday Night Magic and D&D. So this is just probably like a lot of just what I saw. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and going to like, you know, uh, you know, game tournaments for, for magic and, and stuff like that. I remember uh, Will and I wrote down the character descriptions for the Dead Squad and we just sent them over to Brian and then that was it. And I feel like Brian just had a grudge with somebody and, and he made all of these characters without us giving any direction on what we wanted. I mean, you're not wrong as, as, as someone who is in many types of fandoms that like these were very typecasted type characters. Let's be honest. They they fit the freaking mold. Now, if I'm going to throw out here for Horace, EG Daly or Tara Strong, just swing for the fences. Oh, Tara Strong would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy Pickles, Tommy Pickles doing, uh, as Horace. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Uh, a weapon's gotta do what a weapon's gotta do. (laughs) I mean, I could see that too. I just always saw him having like a deeper voice. I thought so. I'm, I was thinking the deeper voice too. Like Danny Trejo. Oh, <laughs> like Danny Trejo. I would, especially to go against the Russian hair, who's his brother. Yeah. Like the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Like give me. I that. mean, what what do you say to this? I mean, see, we have the brother yeah. up here going hello, da. Hello, I, my little friend. Hello. I've yeah. always had Danny as the voice of the demon. Yeah, Pocus. It's like, funny that you say that, Ken, because I remember whenever we did one of our first interviews, mm-hmm. um, and and that was one of the questions. It was like, you know, who would you want to to see play, you know, the the Pocus trio uh, in a live action or a cartoon? And I remember we we talked about Gary Oldman being Pocus, and then we both actually had Danny Trejo for the demon. Which I thought was so Ooh. funny because Ooh. it just made sense. You know, I don't know. It made sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. See, because I was, I finally remember the name Clancy Brown. Oh, Boy. yeah. Oh, yeah. Clancy Brown is so damn good. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think he would be perfect as Horace because you need somebody with that real deep voice, especially if he's bouncing off Pocus. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. even better, like get him to do like a cutesy voice, and then when he gets pissed, it goes into Clancy Brown. I mean, you you literally have Mr. Krabs and the Kurgan <laughs> in the same actor. You've got the whole same thing going with with Horace. Hello, how are you? I will defend my magician. Ruth my life. You know. <laughs> I'm here all week. Try the fish. It writes itself. <laughs> it does. But that's, I mean, but that goes to the testament of the characters you present. And like we say, we can't stress enough. Everybody needs to make sure you're signing up for the uh, the Kickstarter campaign. And, and it's running through how long, Alan? Um, I'm pulling it up. We have 17 days to go. So I, I have it ending on the 8th at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on March 8th. So March 8th. Yeah. is going to be a very big day if you haven't signed up. You want to get in the first day, and then obviously the last week you're going to see a lot of media pushes here at Nerd Initiative for this book oh, yeah. because we stand behind this. We are very big fans of everything Alan is doing because Thank the you. quality speaks for itself. If you are going to spend your hard-earned money on a Kickstarter campaign, Alan and his team are some of the best people you're going to support because they're doing this 100% out of passion, out of fandom, and really giving you everything you want from an independent comic that has a little bit of horror, a little bit of humor, and all points in between that you're definitely going to pick up and get your money's worth each and every time out. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because like like I always say, you know, we, we really do try very hard to, to deliver the, the best possible book for the readers. Because again, we know that and it's it's no secret, and I know that probably some people are turned off by Kickstarter because of this. Um, you know, Kickstarter books are are typically more expensive than you would go out to your you know local comic shop to pick something up, because you know we're we're asking for for more money for it, but that's because obviously we're self funding, and we we do try to also print on the highest quality paper possible, and also deliver a unique one on one experience that you can't get from anywhere else. Absolutely. Yep. Alan, why don't you tell everybody how to find you on the social medias? Yeah, you can find me on X. Is that what it's called now? At, at Chaps of Fury. And you can follow us uh, at thetophatstudios.substack.com for our newsletter. And then, of course, just follow us on Kickstarter. Uh, you know, we're the only idiots that named the book Grandma Chainsaw. You can search that and follow us that way or search Horse and Hell and follow us that way if you search pocus hocus they try to auto correct it to hocus pocus which feels wrong to say now at this point but hey you can still find it there too and uh you know obviously feel free to reach out if you have any questions or or do you want to see a preview of one of the books before you buy hey more than happy to to share one of them with you absolutely man thank you again for coming on we're definitely gonna be chatting in the very near future uh near the end of the campaign to uh recap events and uh talk about what is going on in the pocus verse Matt, before we get out of here, why don't you let everybody know what's going on with you and Hopskeek's news? Man, yeah, we're we're chugging along. We uh, big big week as the uh, bullpen nerd initiative team has dropped a really big interview. We uh, Pat Oswalt, Jordan Blum, and Scott Hepburn swung by. So you congratulations on that, by the way. Thank Thanks. you. Thank it was, you. Yeah, that's it was, awesome. It was definitely crazy. Definitely a surreal. Like this is our life yeah. moment. Um, Ken rocked it. Ken has hooked it up. Uh, so I mean, you can check those out. And then. Uh, Dude, March 8th is another big day because uh, Tony and I are going to be doing an MCU panel at AwesomeCon at 1.30 that day. And then the weekend after that, you can catch me at GalaxyCon Richmond doing a Batman panel and uh, just goofing around between the breweries that are very close to the convention center and uh, at the convention itself. So those are the next places that you can find us. And then tomorrow, of course, is New Comic Book Day. So, man, you want to read what – who cares about me? I want you guys to go and read what Lauren's doing 
because she is putting out some of the top, just absolute. I wish like my own mom loved me the way Dark Horse loves Lauren. Uh, <laughs> that's just a testament to what's been going. Like she's she's so killer. So please read her reviews as well because a uh, new comic book day is coming tomorrow morning, and we are going to have that right here. Yeah, I definitely want to plug. Lauren is is was the MVP of that interview that we did with the team from Minor Threats, the fastest way down. So you definitely want to go check that out and definitely go see her reviews too because she's absolutely killing it as well. Tom, why don't you let everybody know what's going on with you and Off the Cuff Brand? Well, you can see me. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> <Hi. laughs> Where well, you can see me? Uh, no, what's going on right now? Uh, yes, I've got two articles coming up tomorrow for New Comic Book Day. Uh, one from IDW, and the other one is from, why did I just blank? G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah, that real American hero over land and sea and air. Uh, so two of them out coming coming out tomorrow. And then in March, just coming up, we're less than a month away, Syracuse Collector Con. I will be doing the Power Rangers panel. You guys all know me, love me in the Power Rangers community. We're going to have some fun. We're going to be shifting in turbo and blasting off, rocking it in space. Excellent, excellent. Heck yeah. And for me and everything going on with the ODPH, odphpodcast.com or QR codes. We love QR codes. Like here this one. This at, one. At Initiative. And you shall all be clicking on the one above Tom. And that one too, as well as Mass Playing too, as this well. This one. So if you want to find out what's going on with the podcast, click over there. But most importantly, make sure you click on over to nerdinitiative.com. Your home for pop culture positivity. There is a lot of content on the way from the wrestling team headed up by Rich, a.k.a. the guy in the chair, guy who's done chair. a great job tonight. Uh, the comics team, which I'm running with Matt and Marty and Lauren and the rest of the bullpen, they're absolutely killing it each Tuesday and Wednesday, let alone throughout the week. And then the TV department is blowing up right now. Shout out to Sean from Metalcore Nerds. Yes. Doing big things right now. And I'm on that one, too. Team. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> We're making big things happen here at the home of pop, pop culture positivity. So... You want to make sure you click on the QR code, sign up for all the social medias, and definitely sign up for the newsletter, which will keep you up to date about all the big events happening in 2024 and beyond. Speaking of clicking on QR codes, because we have to do it because it's uh, part of the contract that Rich has signed for everybody, do you want to get merch? We like merch. I think you like you merch. Love so you merch. definitely want to check out the merch store of Nerd Initiative. Go support the brand with hats, uh, stickers, uh, mugs, you, you name it, it's there. Hoodies. I hear there's a turn of page hoodie there. I know there's a Wrestling Night Live hoodie there. And I know that there's a lot more stuff on the way as well. So you definitely want to make sure you're going out supporting that, especially when you're going to the cons because it is con season. So you definitely want to be representing the home of pop culture positivity when you're out and about for those big events. Speaking of Wrestling Night Live, we definitely have to throw that QR code up as well because every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Rich, myself, and Nick... Our latest member are breaking down everything and anything going on in Atlanta Pro Wrestling. So AEW, WWE, GCW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and so much more. We will have a take on it. And rest assured, it will be positive and cut right down the middle. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. And last but certainly not least, there is a homework assignment that we need to give out each and every week. And that is you have to go to Nerd Initiative on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Click on the bell icon for notifications and tap that like button to let the bosses know that you like the program that you're seeing on your streaming service. So definitely make sure wherever you're watching Nerd Initiative, whether it's YouTube, X, Twitch, Kick, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram. I think we're on there too. I have to check with uh, Tony about that. There'll be some investigation. GeoCities? Instead of uh, our top eight is just our top eight favorite creators of that week, and Alan's number one. Yeah, that week. Yeah. yeah. Not, not you serve. <laughs> yeah. It could be. I mean, 
I lose track so much. We're on so many. That's why there's a nice link tree now for Nerd Initiative. <gasps> We've got a link tree. Right. Yes, we do. Yeah. So you definitely want to click on that, and it'll take you everywhere you need to go to interact with everybody at Nerd Initiative. So that being said, we have a very big announcement for next week's episode of Turn a Page, which will be dropping Thursday. And in the middle of that, we have a great interview coming to from a brand new book that's out via Image Comics that is a devilish good time. We know those guys, too. Yes. So stay tuned for that in the week. So that's another reason to drop that subscribe button. And you won't miss a minute of the content when it hits. So that being said, Alan, thank you again. Make sure you go out and support Horace and Hell in the Kickstarter campaign going on from right now until March 8th. And as we end Turn a Page each and every time, when you're at the comic shop and you have a great issue in your hands, such as when you come in and you have an issue of Horace and Hell in your possession, and you see somebody struggling, find something. Hand yours off to him. Tell him to turn a page. See you next week. Peace. Peace.